think there's like three birthdays today for OU softball. It's Coach Gasso's birthday. It's Lindsey Elam's birthday. I think it's Janet John's birthday, too. Janet John's? You got, you got three of them today? I got to send one more happy birthday text. I'm a big happy birthday guy. I don't know why. It's the only reason why I'm on Facebook. In fact, I, I just went on Facebook for the first time in a while to double check on Jana. <laughs> That's the only way I know if it's your birthday. Let's see. Uh, the, the, she hasn't approved my request yet. It's been there for a oh, minute. Oh, man. Uh-oh. That's not good. Of course, she also hasn't posted in quite a while. Oh, and I also have – wait, hold on. That's terrible. I have like 5,000 friends. Sorry, someone's getting the boot today so Jana Johns can can get in here. <laughs> but happy birthday. Happy birthday to all who celebrate on May the 27th year of our Lord, 2022. Are you are you trying to figure out what topic you want to get into in Connor's Corner later? I mean, you have a boatload of them that I've I do, hesitated yeah. in getting to. Hey, I never mind some softball talk. Uh, we talk a little college football, too. And I say we just, we're good at going with the flow and see what pops up. I haven't seen anything, by the way, to try to help solve my mystery from hour one. I haven't seen anything that really jumped out at me as, you know, thankfully why they moved that game from a Thursday to a Saturday, and then what might have been the reason for a uh, maybe another game being put in there. What's up, Shep? How are you, man? So I don't, I don't know. I I I, I don't know what to do. But I will say this much: it is, I'm very grateful that we don't have to a Thursday night game. Just those are, those are always sneaky. You don't get a full week of practice. I know there's I know there's some that say, oh, I like it because you get that Saturday to watch college football and it's a road game, so it doesn't really matter. True, I, I, when I say it doesn't really matter, it doesn't really affect your game day schedule too much. But I just – I also don't feel like we play all that well on Thursdays and Friday nights. Well, we've done it before um, the game at Iowa State. How long ago was it when it was played on a Thursday? You know, that was, uh, that was a class. Or, or was that a Friday? I think it was a Thursday game because I remember we drove down on a Wednesday and I was doing the show from the back seat. And we uh, we ended up watching Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine not be able to play, and I think that was a Dimitri Flowers game. So I want to I wanna say that was like, gosh, was that 17? Was that that long ago? I think that could be right. Yeah, I think that's right, 17. Um, it was 17 or 16. And again, I guess since we're going in, it, it must have been 16, right? Because 16, 18, 20, 22. Oh, if you got years. Samaje and, yeah. Yeah, 18. so it had to be 16. But, yeah, that was the classic game where where the bell cow was the fullback because of the injuries that you had at the running back and the suspension. That was the Joe Mixon getting mad at a parking attendant game. Yeah, Coach Stoops was still the guy. So maybe we just make it a rule. Because we went there, when we went with Kyler, it was hot, man. It was hot in Ames. And I remember we had to put on, this is going to sound crazy, we had to put on copious amounts of bug spray. They're like bugs just biting the you-know-what out of your legs. So I'm grateful that it is not a night game on a Thursday. I'm happy it's a Saturday game. Now, when we get to that point, I might have wanted a Thursday game so we could have that week and there might be big games I want to watch. One, one other quick question before we get to Aaron. Um, people hate 11 a.m. games whenever they're at home, right? Despise 11 a.m. games when they're at home. I'm, I usually tap out because I love 11 a.m. games. 
So I'm just like I I can't feel feel your fury because I love 11 a.m. games. And somebody said, "Well, like, you don't have to pay for your tickets." And you're right, but I I liked 11 a.m. games even before I did sidelines. Man, I kind of like having that early slot. I really do. You got it's the just, rest of the day and joy watching football. If, if if and again, I I know I'm very much the minority here, and I know I'm going to get destroyed on either the Air Comfort Solutions text line or on Twitter at Plank Show. I get it. I understand. But if you're game day experience – but here's the funny thing on on the side today, and this is a big-time June conversation. The people that complain about 11 a.m. games, I mean, in primetime games, you some of you leave whenever the game is get, gets out of hand early. Oh, it's getting late. Guy, get home. These games are running too long. What What, what do you want? Yeah, you're you're just complaining about the 11 a.m. and tired not leaving during the game. Tired of 11 a.m. games. Tired of 11 a.m. games. But we'll see. All right, it is at 10:08. Now we had a chance to talk to Erin Miller. We had to tape it because her schedule is crazy. She's on her way to Stark Vegas for the Mississippi State Regional. Which, by the way, we got games that start in about an hour. In an hour, but um. Let's dive into Aaron, and obviously, first and foremost, I'm going to play from over here. I'm sorry. Um, first and foremost, it was unique for her because she had to be objective. She's the 2016 Big 12 Player of the Year. She's got to be objective whenever she's in the booth for ESPN when it's OU and A&M. What was that like? Um, it was tough. It was <laughs> it was good. It was good for me. It was a good exercise for me. Um, Did it just go away? I think it just went off. I don't. What happened? It's still playing. Is it gone? So gone? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It just gave up, I guess. Did it just tap out? Thank goodness I didn't go to the bathroom or anything. All right. Well, it's it's gone. Start off good, but I mean, it was off to a great start. Try to play it in your. Do you still have it in there? From what I see here, let me. Let me send this to you. I'm going to resend it to you. It's it's fantastic whenever the the greatest laid plans all of a sudden uh, go to you know what. It's like literally I have waited two days to play this interview. And I'm so excited to finally play it. And then all of a sudden when you play it, like everything just stops. How is that even humanly possible? It's like a punch to the face to you. You're ready to go. You're all focused. You play it, and literally one question in, it's gone. All right, I, I sent it to you. Let me get a couple of tweets here real quick. Um, you see if you can't download it and if it works on you. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Everything just stopped working. Um, for the 405. Hot take, but I loved the 11 a.m. games as a student because I got the rest of the day to hang out, watch football, and celebrate the win. Hmm. Not bad. I, I think usually what I hear from s- the student side is, well, I want those early games because it's too early in the morning and I want to be able to sleep in. Okay. Um, usually from the, I guess you would say, older tailgate crowd. It's like, well, I, I don't like the 11 a.m. games because I want to be able to tailgate and celebrate before them. Okay. I'm not, I'm not here to question anyone's motives. 
as to why they like a certain game or what it is. I'm not here to I'm not here to question that. I don't think that's the right interview. I think that's a different one. <laughs> Did you save it like that? Yeah, this is one. Yeah, this one you sent. Is that the one that I sent? All right, we'll give it a try. Um, a couple of others. Uh, Ken writes. You guys really think that Tech was going to go flying with fists after the game last night? No, I don't think so. Um, and then quickly from the nine one eight. Who cares what time the game starts as long as the Sooners show up and get a dub? I'm the same way. I'm the absolute same way. I don't care what time things kick off. Let's go. But again, I, I want to be very sensitive to everyone. I really do. I don't want to be an a-hole. Be like, well, oh, just get used to it. I hate that. But again, you know, we're in a situation that I I, I feel like I, I feel like everyone has kind of their own little reasonings and their own little frustrations and kind of their own little mindset of why they why they feel the way they do. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's there's not going to be a start time that makes everyone happy. If it's a 2.30 game, it's, like, it's too hot. If it's a 6 o'clock game, game's too late. 7 o'clock game, game's too late. 11 a.m. game, game's too early. Thursday night game, college football's for Saturday. I mean, just, there's, you're not going to have – my first job I ever had was with a company called Orc Incorporated. And my boss said, my goal is 100% customer satisfaction. Harry, J, uh, Harry Wells, the greatest. And we went to like an organizational thing, and the guy's like, listen, that's impossible. We appreciate that you're going to put forth hard work, but it's just impossible. So I, you're not going to make everyone happy with start times. All right, you want to try this again? How are you feeling? Uh, we talked to Aaron Miller about calling a game as an unbiased observer for ESPN. So that's Aaron Miller. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking some Sooner softball. Let's shift our focus right now to talk about a great event that's coming to Oklahoma City. We are joined right now by Jeff Idelson and uh, Gene Fruth there with Grassroots Baseball. And more specifically, we're uh, – we're celebrating a lot um, whenever it comes to this new Route 66 book. Uh, Jeff, Gene, thank you so much for joining us on the program. How excited are you for this upcoming weekend, guys? Go ahead, Gene. Oh, oh. oh sorry, Gene. <laughs> yeah, go hey, ahead, Gene. Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time in Oklahoma City over the years, um, both for my first book and second book, and um, the, the, just the time there and being back with Johnny Bench and um, a lot of uh, his high school teammates from Binger will be there. And um, it's just going to be a great time. Uh, you know, just so looking forward to being back there. And it's one of my favorite minor league ballparks in the U.S. Yeah, Chick's uh, Bricktown Ballpark is awesome. Jeff, you spent time with the Hall of Fame, um, also the president for the National baseball hall of fame what's kind of driven you to want to be a part of this and travel the country and spread the word well chris at the very core uh i love amateur baseball as gene does and we were both at a point in our lives where we wanted to give back which is why we founded grassroots baseball which is a not-for-profit to promote the game and starting along route 66 just made so much great sense when gene suggested it uh it's the heartland of america what we learned is that baseball is very very strong 
uh, throughout Route 66. And, and Route 66 and baseball both have important parts uh, in Oklahoma State history. Uh, you know, from Johnny Bench to Mickey Mantle to Willie Stargell, that's a lot of star power out of one state. Yeah, I, and, and Gene, I don't know if this is a question for you or, or maybe if, if you want to take it, Jeff, but the list of people who are going to be a part of this is awesome. So this weekend, obviously, on Sunday, Johnny Bench is going to be at the Oklahoma City Dodgers game with you guys and uh, sharing the story about this in, in incredible photographic journey through the sport. Then next week, what, you, you got Goose Gossage with you? You're in Albuquerque. Greg Maddox is going to be a part of it. I mean, this is Jim Tomey in July. I mean, this is an incredible group of people that you have that are a part of this. It is. It's really, it is exciting. And the great thing is, I mean, these legends, um, they really understand the power of giving back as well. And we've had so much wonderful participation from so many retired legends of the game. And guys like Jim Tomey, they participated in the book. Jim wrote uh, a great afterword as well as uh, a chapter of what it was like growing up playing baseball in Illinois along Route 66. And um, just all of these guys did clinics with us. Um, we traveled Route 66 in an RV, partnered so cool. with Boys and Girls Clubs into these wonderful clinics. Each kid got a new Rawlings baseball and glove, and and I just think they, they, they love being a part of it and giving back to the game that's given them so much. Jeff, from your perspective, um, how cool! so Sunday the kids get to run the bases, which is really cool. To have not only your event coming to town, but have a partner in a day that focuses so much on kids and knowing that our big fight in baseball has been to get more kids involved and not just, you know, once they get done with Little League, you know, continuing that passion for the sport. How big is this to continue that growth of the game? We think it's very important, Chris, which is why we have embarked on this, uh, on this journey of grassroots baseball overall. Uh, you know, it's, it's about leveling the, pl- the playing field. You find that travel ball is vibrant throughout the country, which is great, but it leaves behind those that are less fortunate. And what we want to do is make sure that everybody across the country has that opportunity to see if they like the game. And, you know, combining our, our uh, efforts with Hall of Famers, who are as, as passionate as we are, uh, has been very, very uh, gratifying. And uh, when you look at the star power who participated in this book, which, by the way, is an incredible Father's Day gift. You know, you think of George Brett, you think of Jim Tomey, as you mentioned, Johnny Bench. You've got Alex Bregman, who's a current player who's involved, Billy Hatcher, Adam LaRoche, Ryan Howard. There's great star power in this book from guys who care about the amateur game. Take me through some of you. I mean, listen, Gene, we, we're going to have an opportunity to see this this photographic journey, to see this book coming up, uh, and you can get it, I'm sure, just about anywhere now, right? But what were some of your favorite trips? What were some of your favorite moments when you were out just visually capturing this sport? Well, just uh, being in places that I haven't been before and traveling Route 66, it gave me this opportunity to connect with people, really, who I, I never would have met before. And, and places like, I mean, I knew... Mickey Mantle's house is in Commerce, Oklahoma, you know, goes right through Route 66. And, you know, knowing I was going to go there, I was excited. But when I was there and I was actually shooting the house that he grew up in and the barn where he learned to switch hit with his father and grandfather and connecting with Commerce High School, um, who, where, he, where he played, you know, baseball in high school, and I asked all the Commerce High School baseball players if they'd come over to the house and the barn and pose for me for for a picture and honor, uh, you know, the legend that came before them, uh, Mickey Mantle. And it was just, it was, a, it was a powerful moment. And being in commerce and really feeling it and seeing the water tower 
um, painted in pinstripes with a number seven on it. It, it. it just brought chills to me, and it was just moments like that and knowing these legends that were there and so many legends that grew up along the route and then being able to photograph it and document the stories of today's players, today's young players, and just what it means to them to know that a hero like that came out of their small town. It just it gives you so much you know, hope and for, for what could be for the kids for the future. Hey, uh, Jeff, uh, two more, I'll get you guys out of here. But, Jeff, what, what can people expect if they're coming out on Sunday? Just obviously they're going to see a fun baseball game because the Dodgers are playing Reno. But uh, you guys, uh, you make it fun for the fans to come out. They get a chance to see Johnny Bench. Uh, it's pretty cool. And, and you know, I, I would be remiss if not to talk about the cover for just a second. Go ahead. This book, which is, you know, Route 66 travels through eight states, but what we picked was Oklahoma for the cover. And it's a gorgeous photograph of uh, three kids from Binger High School in the back of a 68 pickup truck on Route 66 just west of El Reno, and uh, which ha- has some great poignancy to it because that's where Johnny would go and shop for dungarees when he was a young kid after picking uh, cotton and peanuts uh, in, in Binger. But what you come on, when you come out on Sunday, you'll get a chance to see Johnny Bench. You'll have a book signed by him. Uh, you'll get to meet Gene, uh, who is the photographer, as we know, through all the images in the book. And uh, the opportunity to see a local legend like Johnny Bench uh, at Bricktown is pretty rare. And uh, he's excited to be there. We're excited to do this book signing. As mentioned, it's great for Father's Day. If you can't get there, um, we have the book available at our website as well, which is grassrootsbaseball.org. Oh, th- thank you for giving the website, too, grassrootsbaseball.org. You can check that out right now. And I, I'm, I'm never one to try to get too carried away. Oh, that picture is just awesome. What a great backdrop. Uh, you guys need to go check that out right now. But, uh, Gene, for you, I'm just curious because you're such a talented photographer. What kind of sparked your passion for baseball? Well, I um – I was a portrait photographer, and I got hired to start shooting local sports. But the personal passion started with me coaching my son, first in rookie ball and then in Little League up to the seventh grade. And nice. I never expected to have that opportunity, and Little League was looking for women coaches. And they trained me, and, uh, and, and being part of that in the younger years, and you really learn about the culture around the sport. And I, found, I fell in love with it in such a different way, you know, with – the parents and the support and the volunteers and the stories. It's just uh, my favorite part of the game. It always will be. So um, youth, youth, youth sports and, of course, baseball and just, you know, how it connects generations. And everybody has a story to tell. You know, they, when you talk about Route 66, they tell their stories of Route 66. And everybody's got their early memories of baseball, meeting their hero, getting their first baseball signed, or their first home run in Little League. And I, I never tire of those stories. Nah, me neither. This is great. Um, at GrassrootsBB on Twitter, GrassrootsBaseball.org, Johnny Bench coming to town on Sunday. Guys, and I want to tell you, by the way, you have a great, a great PR person, too. Uh, Matt does a fantastic job. Uh, I appreciate you finding time for us here in Norman. Can't wait to see you in Oklahoma City on Sunday, and you guys have safe travels. I really appreciate your time on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having us. How great. I really appreciate it, Chris. All right. Bruce, great to be on the plank show. Yeah, good good to talk to you guys again. We'll talk to you again soon. So Thanks. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Get on out to Oklahoma City and the Bricktown Ballpark. I um I, I want to give kudos. You know, I was lambasting ESPN's PR the other day. Matt is amazing. I mean, he did not he gave me every single piece of information that we needed, made sure we had all of our I's dotted and T's crossed, and he made sure 
that we are ridiculously ahead of the chains right now in hour number two. So a quick break. We'll come back, um, get caught up on some softball tweets, and a little Patty Gasso more in depth right here on The Plank Show. Sunday, get out, uh, support OU, uh, OKC baseball. Now, my hope is that we don't have a softball game on Sunday, but if we do, still no time announced. If you missed it last night, both Oklahoma State and Arkansas come away with wins. We are, gosh, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away from the start of day two of super regional play. I thought last night's game between Oklahoma State and Clemson is about how the last 15 games have gone for Oklahoma State this season. Just low scoring. and Low scoring. Maxwell just pitching sharp. Count on, on Maxwell, and she was good. She was really good last night. I will say the, the one thing that I got a little bit tra- – is it bad of me that I get triggered watching broadcasts now of softball by people that know a lot more than I do, but yet I'm like, they're terrible? Whoever was the analyst last night on that broadcast was terrible. You had that in – oh, we, we talked about the Texas baseball. And the right, right, Russian right. Game. The uh, But, I mean – Literally, when you're listening to someone who is trying to sound too cool to be there, it's like just it, – it's an awesome – that is an awesome – Kevin Brown, who was the play-by-play guy last – I think I think it was Kevin Brown. Might have been a man of Scarborough with him. I'm not sure. But he's like, like – there's good intensity. There's good energy. Like everything she said was wrong. She's like, they just built his deck like last year. I'm like, the deck's been out there for like two, three years. What are you doing? His fans are making it really crazy. He's like, get – Go! Let's go! It's, it's, gosh! Meanwhile, speaking of great energy, before we get to Bill at 405-329-9000, and you, 405-329-9000. Um, man, Arkansas had a crowd. That was awesome. They and showed out. I, this is the first, man, this is the first time I've actually seen, like, Arkansas softball be just really good. I'm texting Don Christie last night, who is our ops guide up in Tulsa and my my I guess I could say former boss but in a roundabout way I guess still kind of like my boss and I was like team's good and I texted him earlier in the year I'm like team's good now listen I can get bitter about snagging someone from Tulsa but that's a good team and I was trying to remember I want to say we've been to Fayetteville once uh since I started doing games and it was like a it was like a random midweek when we went up to to Fayetteville. Oh, yeah, there it is. April 20th of 2016. And Sid Romero didn't play. And I want to say, like, Macy Hatfield played third base. But it was, in, in Bogle Park, it wasn't a really cool environment. It's like you looked at the stadium like, this is an awesome stadium. But nobody was there. Last night, they had their berm pack. But you could see, right? You go to a place and you see that vision. You're like, man, if they win, this place is going to be hopping. And they they have. Kudos to Courtney and that staff. They've done a great job. That's a really good team right now. They, uh, yeah, 7-1. to one. Man, Yeah, Texas did not help, though. They Man, they did not look good at all. See, that's uh, – if I can nerd out real quick, that's kind of how I think you're going to see some of these games where – a good hitting lineup like Arkansas's, like, you know, I kind of thought Clemson's, but Clemson never figured it out last night. Uh, like Oklahoma, like UCLA's, you know, they they get a time through a 
time or two through seeing a pitcher, by that third time through, it's like, oh, okay, let's go. I mean, that was a scoreless game until, what, the fifth last night? And then, boom, it all just exploded. Same thing for the Oklahoma State game. And Oklahoma State, I mean, literally, if they could get out of this hitting funk that they're in, they should have scored like 10 runs last night. Right, there you go. Uh, Oklahoma at 3.30. Our first game of the day is going to be Arizona and Mississippi State. All right, Bill. Thank you for your patience, Bill. Welcome to the Plank Show. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, if you had to guess, who would you think they would throw in the first game today? Nicole May. That's my guess. Now, that's just a wild guess, Bill. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to Patty, to Coach Casso yet, but um, I'm just – I really liked what we saw from Hope Troutwine last week, but I can't help but wonder, this UCF team, Hope kind of, she's one of those that'll fool you, right? She's, you're, counting on, you're counting on hitters swinging at a lot of bad pitches, and I just wonder if maybe, you know, May pounds the zone a little bit more, and I can't help but wonder if they'll just go ahead and get someone out there that's going to throw some strikes. So maybe by tomorrow, this patient UCF team might be a little bit more... Uh, knee jerky. I, I'm ho- I'm definitely vamping here, Bill. But I would guess Nicole May tonight. Well, I agree with you. If we can jump on them and take the first game, then I think we put them in a panic situation. Sure. And sure. listen, here here's the other part of it. I mean, it's all uh, Nicole May was great. She also had nine runs in the top of the first inning before she even stepped in the circle on Saturday. So. You know, it'll be a little bit of a different feel tonight. I think it's going to be great. I keep saying tonight, this afternoon. But, yeah, it's a it's a great question. I don't know, Bill, but I would assume it would be May Troutwine. How is Jordy coming along? I'm good. Did did you get to hear what I what Coach said yesterday? I'll play it for you when we get done. But it's um it's coming along okay, right? I I, I don't know if she's as far along as maybe fans want right now. Um, and I would be in that group. But I also think she's further along than where they could have imagined she would be when she first suffered this injury. Does that make sense? In other words, everyone yeah, wants I her th- just to go out yeah, and pitch. It, make, it makes a lot of sense. I would, As a fan, I hope they can jump on UCF and not have to use Jordy to the College World Series. I think that might end up being what has to happen, Bill. <laughs> I think that that regardless, I feel the same way you do, but I think that might be based on her recovery and how she's coming along, what has to happen. Didn't they play UCF in the regular season? No, this is the first time they've ever played UCF. Who was the Florida team that came in and gave them trouble? The Florida team? There... No, I don't know if we've had a Florida team that's come in and given us troubles. But they've, you know, they they struggled against Tennessee this year. They struggled against Utah. We had, um, it wasn't a, oh, who was it that came? UAB came in and gave us struggles on a yeah on a Saturday. UAB. I don't yeah. know why I was thinking it was Ford. It was UAB. Yeah. They did some. Hey, thanks, Bill, for the phone call. UAB, right. um, I appreciate it. UAB was weird because they kicked the snot out of UAB on Friday. They beat them eleven to one. And you, this is going to sound weird, but it was one of those games where. It wasn't even as cl- as close as it appeared, right? They put they they missed some opportunities early, but they just smoked them. And then in that Saturday game, like UAB started, they had, had like two left fielders, and they would put the shortstop behind the third. I mean, they did some weird stuff, and it worked. Like literally, the second baseman and shortstop played up the middle 
for one at bat, and the right fielder was like in a rover position in right field. I remember they weren't really hitting. They just kept no. staying in the game, and OU just, you just know kept what, though, hitting right to them. I, I think I think that, though, I think that was a big-time turning point in this season. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy because they ended up losing a game later that, what, two weeks against Texas. But, gosh, this is really in the weeds. Are we taking our 10-30 break yet? We still need, yeah, okay, we still okay, need okay. to do that. I'll, I'll, let's talk about it next. We'll get into it after the break. Sorry, it's 1040. I talked to the grassroots baseball people, and I got all off the clock. So, quick break. We'll come back. I'll tell you why I think that was a turning point in the season next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour 2 is brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. That's the number to call. Bob and Robert Allison can help you find the supplements, HSAs, life insurance, health insurance that you need to best fit your office or your personal needs. Allison Insurance. Helping you and your family for over 60 years. We're getting closer to Connor's Corner. I'm getting very excited about this. So, r- real quick, b- uh, Bill had called in last segment and was asking about who's going to start, who I think is a pitch tonight. I don't know. I, I've got a good feeling that maybe it's Nicole May. Let's go. But about the UAB game, I think that was that two-zip game that OU won, it's kind of wild when you look back at it because they won that game two-zip and – they won on two home runs, but the wind was a disaster that day. I mean, it was a terrible wind day. Uh, and in fact, they didn't take the lead until the bottom of the sixth inning. Solo home runs by Jada Coleman and Lindsey Elam. And they were back-to-back. But the weather, it was so messy. And I don't mean – I just mean wind-wise. That Oklahoma then went into their Wednesday game against Tulsa and kind of changed their approach a little bit. Right? They went out they played a little small ball. Um, you had a squeeze bond on the first play, uh, first run of the game. I mean, it's just there was all kinds of little things that happened during that game that they attacked differently. They were they were chopping down a bit on their swings. They were using the dirt, and I just I felt like it was a moment where Oklahoma went from being a team that's like, oh, they're just mashers. They can just mash the ball. And that's all they're going to do, and all these run rule wins, and they really found a different way to attack in a way they hadn't done before. So that to me was a big moment in this season because it showed they could win in a variety of ways. Then you had that the Texas Tech sweep right yep. after that Tulsa game. Yep. All all run rules. Yeah. They <laughs> and then they all hit bombs. They, but it showed they could do a couple different things. And if they're struggling with with a pitcher, they're having a hard time getting their getting their rhythm, getting their feel, getting a good kind of vision of what their pitcher is doing against them or their approach, they show they can do some different things. So I thought that was a pretty big moment. And then to to have that game finish like it did, to win two zip, and then to go out and run rule Tulsa in in the fashion that they did, I thought was a, a really key moment in this season. Won't get talked about a lot and that's fine, but I dug it. Um I are you following any of the other college baseball today? Because we do have a couple of Big 12 games that are like going to demand our attention. Some people fighting for their season this afternoon. I've been just locked in on the Big 12 tournament. I really haven't followed the – I know the SEC is still going on. Yeah, I saw there's a ACC. game going on right now. Uh, Florida leads Arkansas three-zip in the bottom of the fifth inning. But I've I found myself pretty locked in to the, the Big 12 baseball tournament. And if you can somehow follow the bracket – 
<laughs> Good luck on that. We got a game coming up this afternoon at 2.15 between TCU and Oklahoma State, followed by Texas Tech and Kansas State. The Texas Tech-Kansas State game matters to Sooner fans because the winner of that, that's who you'll play. And they have to beat you twice in order to keep you out of the Big 12 championship game. TCU-Oklahoma State is wild in that, I mean, that was a great game yesterday between Texas and TCU. And Texas is just, they played lights out. Do you hear the story about, I don't know if it's out there too much, but what Texas did in the preseason? Not that I can think of. It's hotel related. So there is one hotel that I assume is extremely close to the Globe Life Field. And they had decided that it's either the top four or top five teams that would get to stay in in that hotel. And everyone else would be a little bit further away. Texas in the preseason went ahead and booked all their rooms in said hotel. So that way, it's not, it wasn't like a confidence arrogance thing. It was, we ain't getting shipped to some other hotel. No, we're staying here. So just in case you don't get that four right, or five right. teams. They went, they went ahead and it's like, oh, no, you got top five teams. Oh, no, man, sorry. Well, we've already got our rooms. So you don't have to worry about it. And they've played really well. They play well in Globe Life Park. Are we geared up for an OU Texas Big 12 championship in baseball? That would be really fun. That would be like some revenge for OU in Globe Life against that. Back when they had the series series. against Texas where they should have won. That's awesome. All right, we'll hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions. Text 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439, or top five stories of the day. Do we know if our – can we try to play some audio here to see if it works now? I don't know what happened. But let me let me see here because Bill had asked about Jordy. Here's what Coach Gasso said the other day whenever she was asked about Jordy Ball and kind of the different workouts she had gone through. and. The good news is Jordy's been throwing it a little bit in the bullpen, and we're very optimistic about – I don't know exactly when, but we're optimistic she's going to be able to help this team. She is a competitor. She's extremely frustrated. She wants to get back where she was right now, and it's it's not the right way to do it. So we've got to get her to – Listen to what the doctor is saying. Listen to what the trainer and the coach coaches are saying and just be patient. That's what it's going to take. But if she, her attitude is, I want to go 100% right now. And we're not able to do that at this moment. But she's working towards that. And that is uh, better news than I thought that I would have going forward. So we're, we're excited. Quick break. We'll come back, get you ready for the top five stories today. Hit a few of your Air Comfort Solutions text on a a busy Friday. Huh? How about this show? It's a plank show right here on The Ref. All right, a couple of quick uh, Air Comfort Solutions texts before the top. Uh, plank, my dad and I, my dad is 73 and I'm 52 with a seven-year-old son. We live in Okmulgee County. It takes us about two hours and 15 minutes to drive, so... We like 11 a.m. games because night games are brutal for us. Go Sooners. Go Sooners softball. Curtis B. Yeah, I, I'm a weirdo. I kind of like driving at night. I mean, yes, I know I flipped a car driving at night one time. But I love driving at night. It's 
but I would completely understand. Like I'm 47, so we're not too far apart, Curtis. It's a little bit more of a grind as you get older. <laughs> Just warning you, Connor. The drive, yeah, especially if it's yeah two hours. So yeah, yeah, I guess short drive. Got all that energy from the game. Wear you out. Fan, fans like getting there at a good time, so they can get back to the house at a good time if they got a long drive. Um, I would like to say F the NIL. Let them go straight to the NFL, punks. I mean, I'm not even that mad about anything. We don't need we don't need negativity on Friday. Uh, and that, oh, that was Amanda Scarborough. She's usually okay, but I agree with you about last night. I I mean, I just somebody go get her a cup of coffee or a, a Red Bull or something. Wake her up! This is a pretty, pretty big we're in, game. When the regional. super regionals, for goodness sakes, and you're out there acting like you're way. Oh, I really like the way this is going. This is amazing. It's like, let's go! Now that I've woke all you up, let's get a break. We'll come back with the top five stories of the day next.